back to Football Bloody L. And we're oh welcome to this new season for Football Bloody Hell, shall we say? So yeah, same intro, new season, as you'll see as well. We've got a few little graphics if you're watching on YouTube or whatever or on Spotify. We're all boxed in. It's claustrophobic in here. But um yeah, so this is season two. We've decided to start with a new bit of structure. Welcome back to anyone of our previous listeners who's listened to the last like twenty odd episodes. Um, and welcome to anyone new. And if you want to get to know us a bit more, I recommend going to listen to episode one of season one. Um, we just explain what we're doing, who we are, and all that sort of stuff. But I'm here with Gary, as always. And how are you, mate? I'm good. I'm really good, mate. Ready for season two. We it like a almost winter break, wasn't it? So oh yeah, kicking off again with season two, but all good. How are you? Yeah, decent, mate. Decent. Yeah, we've had a bit of a. Busy transfer window, you could say, <laughs> in January. Look at the production value, though. We're going to try and hit the... hit the rest of the season running and, yeah, see where we can go from it. We're going to try and up our game this in the next season. The end of season it. push. End of season push, yeah. Or second That's season. That's what it's all about now. And we're not going to have second season syndrome. None of that shit. <laughs> no. No, that ain't gonna happen. Nah, it? none of that. Hope. I mean, to be fair, let's be honest. What's really gonna happen is it's gonna be good for a few for a few episodes, and then it's gonna tail off again disastrously. Pretty much like every team we supports football season ever. <laughs> no, isn't of it? course it isn't. No, that's not gonna happen, mate. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> determined. No, we're determined so, to get um... this right, aren't we? Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll start. We, I mean, look, look how we've started now. Look at the production value you pulled out the bag. Like, this is this is professional stuff now. This isn't a hobby. This is this is professional quality stuff. It is because I can't think of a better word than stuff. Yeah, we need. If any but listeners it, got a spare thesaurus, just send it our way. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. No, because I can't type with my new setup because I've got. My new rig, got no let's hands. say. <laughs> I've got no hands, but the new rig that I've got set up, which is a ASOS box and a fresh light here, which is just my other monitor on a white screen. But, <laughs> you know, th- this is the thing people don't appreciate, the the effort and stuff that goes into it, Matt, when you start the podcast. Yeah, I know. It's wild, never mind. But never mind. But you, you alluded to it, a bit of a newer structure, because... We realise that I talk a lot, and we kind of lose a lot of structure. And I think to keep things fluid, I think is the footballing term fluid. Yeah, flu bit of fluidity in there, nice flow to everything. And yeah, like, yeah, and keep keep it sort of engaging for people as well. So we got a little bit of a structure where each week we'll hit like a main topic, but there's going to be a few things that you'll be listening to that's going to be quite similar every week as well when there's certain things in there so yeah which is a bit of interesting news. R- interesting random news random interesting stuff from around the world but in true around fashion England. <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah mainly england yeah i was gonna say around the world but it'll be england from me and then christ knows where you'll come from because you always got something from somewhere yeah that's true like just like your shirts your shirts come from everywhere. Your football knowledge is everywhere, and if it's not 
you creating countries and football manager and telling us about that. It's it's somewhere in the crack arse of nowhere in the back alley of the UK where a team's <laughs> been taken over by a property property developer. But from for to kick us off from episode one of season two, the latest news that I want to talk about is a certain football manager being sacked. Yeah, it's a bit close but, to home this one, isn't it? It is a little bit, but so Michael Beale lasted 12 games in charge of Sunderland, which was probably 11 too many. I'm giving them one game, but a bizarre appointment. But like, I don't want to dive too much into the reasons behind it because I'll talk about that. Because it, it, from the start of the pod, we're going to talk about like the interesting stuff, and then the the next part will be me and Matt reviewing from our fan perspective of Sunderland and Sheffield Wednesday, because Matt's a Sheffield Wednesday fan, any new listeners, um, how we think the seasons have gone so far. So I'm not going to dive into that part so much, but the weirdest thing that's come out of Michael Peel being sacked today is during his reign, there was an account, which has come to light now, which was tweeting and retweeting weird stuff. like, like So if, it was, if there was any pro Michael Beale literature or anything where it was bad mouthing Sunderland as a club or as a fan base for wanting McBeal out. This one account was retweeting them and posting stuff. So at the weekend what happened was so just put that to one side for a second. At the weekend it was the it was the straw that must have brought the camels back because um he substituted our right back Trey Hume. And as he's walking off the pitch and he's coming up the touchline, Michael Beale stood so you can see like he's coming up on his left-hand side, left-hand shoulder. Hume goes to shake his hand and Beale just completely blanks him. Everybody sees it. You see it on, on like the TV highlights or whatever. And then after the game, he was asked about it and he said, no, I, I didn't see him. I apologise and I'll apologise to him. And then went to his Instagram put a picture of Trey Hume up and then commented on it saying, look, he's a great player, he's been a great servant of the club, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Uh, Apologise to Trey Hume and blah, 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 blah. Which is bizarre because it was blatantly obvious that he'd ignored him, so he was lying. He was just apologising because he got caught out. But then this account then retweeted or tweeted a wide angle of the incident, which basically corroborated the story that he had ignored him, but they tweeted it to say like, oh, you can see from this angle on the wide angle that Beale was actually talking to Barr, which was another Sunderland player, and didn't actually see him. So then somebody's looked into this account, and the account is called player underscore ID or ID underscore player. I can't remember exactly which. Right. Um, sorry, it's called it's called at player underscore ID, and a guy, random in. 2017 tweeted out saying give Michael Beale's new business a player ID follow and check out the website you'll not regret it and is in like looked into it and basically realized that this in Sunderland account this player ID account which released the footage from the Trey Hume incident and then also retweeted a uh, tweet from a Coventry fan which states as follows if SCFC sack Beal, who in their right mind would want that job, 
owners that won't back a manager in the transfer market and a toxic fan base who will boo the F out of him and want to sign, uh, will want him gone as soon as they lose two games. The self-entitlement is on to another level. And that player ID account reposted it. And then somebody's went back and realised it's actually Michael Beale's company. Oh, wow. How weird is that? That's fucked up, isn't it? That is just a massively so fucked up. Massively fucked up. So, yeah. So, that's a bit of news. And it's it's news because, obviously, he's uh, he's been sacked mm-hmm. over the weekend. And then um, he's Sunderland, Sunderland uh, Police. Sunderland Twitter Police, sorry. Have investigated and realised he's been retweeting. So... Bit of other news from my end. Um, there's a there's a new there's a league starting this week, first game of the season, the MLS. The MLS is starting as we're recording this tomorrow. Um, do you watch any of the MLS, Gary? Have you seen the drop of all the new kits? So, Addy, if anyone doesn't know, Adidas sponsor and make every kit for the MLS. Um, and they were dropped last week. I want to say all of them. I don't know if you've seen them. Do you have any thoughts on those? Before yeah, I, I, the actual I mean football. it's a <laughs> <laughs> it's a plug for it's a plug for their web, uh, Instagram plays, uh, page. But the classic football shirts when you sent me the link through, I had a look through it, and I've gotten a bit of affiliation to Toronto, so I'm a little bit biased when I say this. But this that's definitely one of my favourites. That but it must be an away kit because it's navy. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. But that's really that's really nice. And then um, I think we, I think it was Minnesota the space one. Yeah, Minnesota is a nice one back. as well. I think you said yeah, they're, you they're... messaged me and said that Austin, you liked Austin's shirt as well. Um, I think that That's... was there. Um, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of like a, a block coloured sleeve and a different colour torso, like solid colours. I don't know yeah, why. I just fair. I respond to it. I respond to it, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you just respond to block colours. <laughs> respond to block colours. Yeah. So in terms of matches, if you want to watch them. It's on Apple TV. We're, we're plugging that as well. But um, first games tomorrow, you've got a couple of games. So into Miami, you're kicking it all off against Real Salt Lake. Um, you've got then Columbus versus Atlanta and then LAFC versus Seattle. And then it sort of flies in the weekend. There's games every day, every all, all the time. Um, so yeah, it all kicks off with that Miami at Real Salt Lake game. Um, is there any um, is there any uh, fav- Buki's favourites for the for, yeah? For, so I was going to touch on that and like I think the favourites, <laughs> I think most people's favourites, if you don't really know MLS, are going to be into Miami because they got Messi and Suarez mm. up front. <laughs> so, but realistically, how many games are they going to play? Are they going to keep interested in it, this sort of stuff? Um, Suarez is. So, he's, he, I, I don't know. Like it's it's almost like when they've signed Messi, they've give him reassurances that they'll sign his mates because they've signed Busquets, who's obviously still good. Like he's still good in that league. But then you've got Al- Alaba, uh, not Alaba, Alba, and then Suarez, and who, there was another signing. I can't uh, remember. Busquets, yeah. Busquets was it? Must have been that one. But I mean, Suarez, he's been finished for a long time. He's just he cannot run. But yeah, I mean, he might be okay over there. I don't know. The the standards getting ridiculously good. If if anyone watches it now, it's it's getting like very good. 
the standard in there because essentially what happens in the MLS is a lot of so so because of the work permit things in Europe a lot of the best young Brazilian Argentinian Uruguayan Colombian Mexican those sort of players gravitate towards the MLS because there's more money in it it's a wider audience it's easier for them to get picked up against it get to go to a European team when so rather than staying in the Brazilian league the Argentinian league which isn't really that good the standard mm-hmm. and the, the pitch and the facilities they go to the mls and embed there so there's a lot of really young talented south american players in the mls now which is like mm. heightening that quality in there and obviously you've got columbus to... oh yeah go for it no i was gonna say like columbus have always been there or thereabouts haven't they like i think what, they finished yeah, they, maybe second or third i won, can't remember i can't remember MLS who won cup. it actually last year they won the mls cup last year um, Cincinnati won the league phase. That it's weird right. how it works, but yeah, Cincinnati arguably are the favourites to win the league phase or the supporter shield, um, as they say it mm-hmm. again, because it's quite a grueling thing to win that. Whereas the MLS Cup is essentially just a knockout competition at the end of the season um, for the top what sixteen odd teams. But yeah, they signed uh, Inter Miami signed Suarez from Gremio, so he was playing in Brazil. Mm-hmm last year um but yeah it's, it's, it's an interesting thing i like it um there's some interesting young players in there and the standards are getting a lot lot better and especially with the mm. world cup coming up in the next couple of years in the u.s as well i think they're trying to push it like massively i think i'd rather watch the mls than the saudi pro league if that's yeah if um, that's if that's where we're going no, I wouldn't even compare them to be honest, mate. Like, they're not. They're not even comparable. Like the MLS is so far ahead, it's ridiculous. So in terms of the MLS, it's um, they've got ridiculous. Like their numbers in terms of like supporters and grounds and things is like nearly championship levels. Yeah. Um, the actual supporter and fan culture. If you watch any games, when if anyone's getting into the MLS, watch a Austin home game, a St. Louis City home game, a Nashville home game, or any of those sort of newer teams. So they've got, like, as they call it, soccer-specific stadiums now. And it just flares. It's a mix between English-style stadiums but with South American support. So it is, it, it is nuts. It is genuinely nuts. When someone scores, all the floodlights flash on and off and there's flares going off and people go wild. It's genuinely a really cool thing to watch. So, like, yeah, if you watch it, try and watch one of those teams. Um, if Who's anyone's the team got any be cool? suggestions, just let me know because let us know on our Twitter because I watch the MLS quite a lot. I've been watching it for the last couple of years. So, yeah. Hmm. I think um, who, who's some of the teams that are closest to, the like, Mexico, like, Southern like South America. So you got like, yeah. So you got a couple of teams in like Texas and stuff. Um, you got Austin and you've got Houston Dynamo. Um, then you've got the Florida teams. You got Miami, obviously, and they've got quite a big South American sort of following. Um, mm. And then you've got Orlando City as well. And then you've got teams more like like san jose like you know, over in california and things like that so there's there's quite a few down there um but then yeah it's it's wild the support like if you get to watch any of those games like i said nashville have got good atmospheres austin have got good atmosphere 
St. Louis City, which were new last year. They've got really good atmosphere. FC mm. Cincinnati, Cincinnati versus Columbus Crew is a big one. That they um that game is just wild every time. But yeah, it's it's really good. So like it's worth worth checking it out. There's some really decent players in there as well. So it's always worth having a look. Um but yeah. I think um one of the key players like... to watch out for that you might see in the Premier League or Championship in the next couple of years is Fagundo Torres, who plays for Orlando City. I, I think he will make a move over to this way very soon. He was linked with like Arsenal, I think, last. So yeah. That's a fair goal, like. Yeah. Calling call, calling it out now. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he's fantastic. After that, have you got any other news for us? Yeah, one more bit of news. And um, this time we're flying over to the Indian Football League. I know I know, it's a bit wild, mate, but <laughs> we're going to the, the Indian Football League, more precisely the Delhi Football League. So not even the Indian Premier League, but the Delhi Football League. So it was a okay. match between Abab FC and Rangers FC that took place, um, I think it was this week. Um, and Arbab FC have been accused. I believe it's Arbab FC. Yeah, they've been accused of match fixing and being kicked out of the football league. Now, if you type this in, if anyone wants to see these two, uh, basically what they did is score the most blatant two own goals you've ever seen in your entire life to lose a game. They've literally <laughs> the the team just pass it round at the back. And then in the first one, he just loops it over the goalkeeper. Second one, he takes a touch and wellies it into the top left-hand corner. It's an absolute screamer. But like, it's like, so yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. There's clear like match fixing going on. They're going to be banned from their league. And if anyone wants to check out the goals, just go go onto Twitter. Just type in Arbab FC own goals. And it's all on there. You can watch them. They're fucking wild. Like, I, I, it's it's worth a watch. The standard is horrendous, but yeah, they're the team in yellow that are scoring the own goals, if you're watching it. And they just pass it round to the back and then just welly it in. But I mean, it's wild the how thing blatant is, they can, they're doing it. It's how blatant it is and obvious. Like, do they really think they're going to get away with it? And I mean, I think there's been a lot of this in the past, especially like with India, there's been a lot in the cricket mm. and things like that, hasn't there? So now it's like creeping into mm. like football. Um, I don't know how much money has been bet on these leagues because it's not the Indian Super League. It's like a regional Premier League thing. But like, mm. still, like that's that. I just think it's wild that like the integrity of that sport the... in of football in <laughs> India is just taking a massive hit. Basically, the 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 thing you've said though is accused. And if you look at the goals, I know you, you're not really. It's you don't you can't accuse it. You I know. outright calling it out. I, I mean. Yeah, you watch the goals. It's they've been accused, but like <laughs> if you watch the goals, it's is blatant, yeah. isn't it? It's blatant. But yeah, uh, it's like it's like the only thing I'd liken it to is if there's some chocolate left in the fridge, and it's not mine. It's my wife's and my daughter's. I go in, I eat it. They know they haven't ate it, and they ask me, and they go, "Who's ate that?" And I'm like, "Don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know." Just Gary, just you gone. Call, you were just gone. Camera eating the chocolate. Yeah, I don't know who it was. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> nah, that ain't that ain't me. That's not me. Yeah, if, it's a poltergeist. It's not me. I mean, it's 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 wild stuff, and I imagine the guys that are involved or the the team's going to be banned or kicked out or whatever is going to what's ever's going to happen there. Um, and then I imagine the players are going to get lifetime bans as well. But yeah, it's it's not a great thing for Indian football in general. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah that was but another bit of news. Good to watch. It's good. It's a good watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all for it, mate. I'm all for it. So th- that's that's your first uh, weird and wonderful news segment. So Matt will go for a quick short break, and when we come back, we'll preview and review. Well, review and preview our seasons thus far. Thus far, yeah, indeed. So we'll quickly go for a quick short break. And we're back. Welcome back, Gary. How was your quick short break? It's good. It was refreshing. I had a drink. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, I haven't got a drink on me, actually. I should really grab one from somewhere, but... Oh, well. Not the end of the world. Well, (laughs) you might need one after your season. You might need one after your season review. We can grab it in the next refreshment break. Disgusting behaviour, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so now we're going to touch... So if you're new to the pod or whatever and sort of a new structure, this segment now is going to be our main sort of topic. So every week we're going to have a main topic we discuss. We thought, first one, we're going to talk about our team seasons, how they're going and how we think they're going. Um, I'll yeah. let Gary go first because mine's going to be quite short. So, <laughs> so, <sighs> so yeah. We've had a, I mean, to be fair, when you th- like before I go into it fully, like we're not that far apart really in terms of like millstones, like managerial replacements and like weird parody accounts on Twitter and outbursts and stuff from owners slash hidden corporate accounts from your managers. But yeah. it's been, a, it, I feel like it, I feel like it's been a long season. Like we're just like halfway through really. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just games? bizarre, but 30, 33 games, 46, so 13 left. So yeah, two thirds. Over, like we're into the final third, really. Yeah. yeah. We well, went to the final third, but, I just feel like there's so much happened. Like, like if it, it if, like if we just quickly touch on the championship season, like as a whole, looking at it, like there's four teams who are competing for the top two. Yeah. Um, and there was three teams relegated who basically look like they're going to bounce back up in Leeds, Southampton, and Leicester. You've got a shot, like a outside shot of Ipswich bursting into it and then your mainstays like West Brom and 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 and, and Cole like Coventry but it it realistically Sunderland so if it, in best case scenario for Sunderland I was thinking we might have a run at the playoffs that that would be it and currently despite sacking two managers in that in from the start of the season to as we're recording this, we just recently sacked Michael Beale. We're, we're only four points off. We're, we're sitting tenth in the league. We're only four points off it, but the the there's only really that looks like one position up for, for up for grabs in the playoffs now. And like I say, I think the 
the pie in the sky would have been another playoffs run, like sneak into the playoffs again. But the reality was just finishing around the playoffs, like maybe, maybe like ninth, tenth, like wouldn't be happy, but like be like, it's not a bad season, you know what I mean? We could have done better, but so it's just, it's really, it's really hard to judge because last season we really, really overperformed by sneaking into the playoffs. And in reality, it's not really bad to get promoted because of the revenues and stuff it brings, but we wouldn't have been ready. We would have been, if you look at the way Burnley and um, what you call them, Sheffield United, who went up automatically, have been performing. Like, we we were beaten by both of them. And I would have worried for us going into the Prem, but this season's just weird because we, we, we were playing decent football, kind of hit a bit of a rocky patch with Mowbray, sacked him, and then the season seems to have just totally derailed at the appointment of Michael Beale because I don't know how that man got the job. I really well, I do. We tried to get Will still, couldn't afford him, and then we've scrambled trying to get somebody else in and landed on him, and he just wasn't a good fit. And I feel like all of the good stuff that was built on the back of Alex Neal's promotion, Tony Mowbray's like overachievements, and I'll say it's an overachievement. But if you disagree with his tweeters, let us know what you think. But I just feel like we massively overachieved in the first season, so there was more expectation, and then it run its course with Mowbray, and we've just completely pulled the soul out of the team at the minute because I just feel like we've wasted 12 games. We've just wasted well, 12 games under him. You have to think, though, you are only, what, four points? Well, let's let's say it's five points because looking at the results that are coming in tonight, Hull are beating Southampton 2-0 away from home oh. and Ipswich are beating Rotherham. So Ipswich are going to go... Second, well, third, joint third, and well, Hull both of those results are bad. Fifth, so West Brom are six, so five points behind. But you got a positive goal difference there, like plus eight. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's the same as Norwich, Hull, now Preston. Are I think obviously a bit a negative eight goal difference, which is a bit. Mm-hmm. Bad. But um, I mean, I... realistically, you could. There's always that one team that comes out of nowhere. Maybe a change in manager gives gives you a spark of form, and you just come out of nowhere and just sneak into that last place. You don't know. Maybe, the, 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 I think. I think in reality, the board aren't weren't expecting, and they're. I'm not going to say they don't want to get promoted, but like because they do, and there's a lot of talk around Christian speaking when I was sporting director, and the ownership because of stuff that's happened off the pitch. Because in this season, I'm just gonna. I, I, um, it was it was out on Twitter, but this season we've done something remarkable in the fact that we've redecorated our stadium in our biggest rivals' colours. That's point one. We uh, sacked a fan favourite and hired <laughs> hired uh, a random person who then blamed him being from the south why the Sunderland fans didn't accept him. To be honest, mate, this is sounding very similar to our team. Yeah, I, I can see. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, the, I think in reality, if you look at the, if you look at the teams that are in this league, this is probably one of the most competitive championship seasons there's ever been. Like it has to be because the 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 run that Southampton's had to go on to keep them in contention leads a a bit patchy in form, but they're performing really well at the minute. So they're going to have a push. Ipswich had a rocket lit up them at the start of the season, but they've hit a bit of a patch where they've Ooh. dropped form a little bit. But obviously they're winning tonight. 
and then Leicester have just won the league. Like it's like Burnley last season. They just yeah. I know the loss to Borough at the weekend two 0 but it's so it's such a competitive season that I feel like it was a free hit to try and get into the playoffs again this season, and the 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 decision to sack Mowbray and appoint a manager if of 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 it being Mick Beale has totally derailed us on the momentum that we had and it's lost the fans have obviously lost a bit of trust in the ownership and we've give it to the assistant manager well he's not an assistant manager he's like he was one of the coaching staff called Michael Dodds who we really rate um he took temporary charge until we appointed Michael B and we played Leeds and it's gonna escape us who the other game was I'm really forgetful but we beat Leeds at home which is a massive result. And then he, oh, fuck, fuck, I can't remember who. And then he won another game. So in the two games he was in charge, he won both. And that went to Michael Beale and then we got beat 3-0 off Coventry as soon as he took charge. And it's just been downhill trajectory. The football's been poor. Like, we've been laboured. It's been slow. There's no kind of, like, and I, I always think, I always take this with a pinch of salt when people say, like, Oh, I'd like there's no kind of pattern of play or anything like that, because like, if 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 we don't know what they're trying to do, then the opposition might not know what we're trying to do, which is like like uh, funny. But like there was just there was no press. It was just we just totally stripped us back and we were a mm. bit more defensive, but we couldn't score goals. And our biggest thing is that we haven't had an out and out striker now since Rosh since before Ross Stewart. Because as soon as he got injured. We haven't had a striker and we managed to have a lot of players with quality who could score goals and Patrick Roberts, Ahmad, Pritchard, Clark. But we've been heavily relying on Jack Clark, which is fine because he's our player. If you want to be over relying on somebody and he's your player, then go for it. But I just feel like we've 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 now sacked Michael Beale and put Michael Dodds back in charge till the end of the season and the managerial appointment will probably come in the summer because we won't have any intention of employing a manager from now until the end of the season. He's got the job until the end of the season. So the he's, he's previously in League One took charge, lost two games and was hated, but then he's had a really big redemption arc, won two games in the Championship. So when Michael Beale was actually appointed everyone was just saying well why didn't we just give it to Michael Dodds till the end of the season what's the point yeah. in getting Michael Beale so I just feel like it's a, it's a it's a it's a write-off season just because I feel like the board's just accepted that we're not going up we're just going to finish as high as we can go again in the summer and I feel like what will happen is is that we'll, we're probably going to go back in for Will still pay the fee because we're going to sell Jack Clark for about 20-25 million and some of that money will go to getting Will still, and the rest will be reinvested in the squad. And then I feel like the fan base will expect playoffs next season. So I'm, it's, I'm not like I'm not sat here completely disappointed. I'm just a bit like underwhelmed because of how badly we've we've got it yeah. in. I mean, replacing Tony Mowbray after the overachievement of last year. I think you'd be quite happy with tenth in the championship this year, wouldn't you? Where you are. At the um, I wouldn't say happy. I'd I'd be okay. I'd be like, all right, okay, could have done better. It's not good enough. We'll go again next season. If we finish below tenth, which I feel like is a real possibility now, um, I think it's a it's a bad season. I think I'll be okay. It's an okay season if we finish tenth. 
Oh, that's fair. But anything below that will be, yeah, we'll we'll see. But yeah, it's a really like you can probably tell by the way I'm talking about it. It's a bit like I'm all over it because one minute I'm like annoyed by it, next minute I'm okay with it, next minute I don't really care. But I would say that the past twelve games, um, has just been like I've been complete apathy towards it like I just wasn't bothered but when we were winning it was like well ugh, it's another another week where he's going to be manager and when we lost it was just toxic because it was like he, it's just he's just a weird guy he shouldn't have got the job he shouldn't have been put in that position so that's on Christian Speakman but then he's made swift action and sacked a guy after 12 games so fair play okay. ruthless ruthless very industry ruthless. isn't it very ruthless so I hand, I'll hand the floor to you, mate, to go through Chef Wed. I know you said it was going to be short, but there's a lot of digests still. Yeah, there's a lot of... Um, I mean, in terms of the season, it's been a bit... I think it was derailed on day one. <laughs> so, yeah, so we got we got promoted. If anyone doesn't know, we got promoted. Um, Darren Moore took us up um, from, the, from League One last year. And then um, he left by mutual consent. We know he's sacked now, but um, the official <laughs> word was mutual consent. And then our chairman's just been spouting shit for most of the year. But then <laughs> he bought in um, Cisco, who um, strange was a strange appointment, and he mm. signed a lot of um, non players who aren't been proven in England or even the Championship or at this level at all. He bought in mm. a lot of freebies around that and loan signings who just didn't do anything. Then we had an aging team with a load of, like, I don't know, people there for a quick buck. I don't want to put it on all of them because some of them are actually all right. But, like, yeah, there was it, it stunk of that losing your identity thing, which we've talked about previously in a po- podcast, haven't we? Like, our team was just mm. becoming a group of players who were getting paid not really a Sheffield Wednesday team, if that makes sense. So, and that's how mm. the season started. We had our worst start to the season ever. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I don't, we didn't win a game till when was it? It was what, November, was it? Or January. No, I'm not joking. We've won games now. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. It was, I think it was October, but yeah, worst game, worst start to the season ever. Um, I mean, yeah, 29th of October was our first win, 2-0 win against Rotherham, who, if we didn't beat Rotherham, I feel like you may as well just said, just put us in League One, we'll just sack off the rest of the games for the season <laughs> at that point. Because after that game, we went on and lost mm-hmm. three on the bounce straight afterwards as well. So <laughs> But that was at our what point did the fourteenth um, game of the season po- was our first win. At what point did they sack uh, Cisco? They sacked Cisco. He was sacked on the third of October. Oh, no, yeah, fourth of October. Sorry, so he was sacked at the beginning of October. Um, mm-hmm. So there was and then- three, four, four games after he was sacked. He was sacked after the loss to West Brom. Mm. And then, obviously, the appointment of Danny Roll. And uh, yeah. I suppose the, we could, you, we both could probably do season review, like season reviews to this point. And it sounds like 
multiple seasons. It's like two thirds have gone. So you, you can obviously review it from Darren Moore as this score in one, and then how are you feeling now with with Danny Roll in in charge? Like, honest, what's what's the thought with Danny Roll in charge? I think it's his first like senior job in management, isn't it? So he's been mm. assistant before. He's been with um, national teams and things like this, but. I think he's done done doing a decent job, and like our under twenty ones, under twenty threes, or whatever you want to call them, they've been actually playing really well. And he started to call up some of those lads that actually deserve a chance in the first team, and some of them like Bailey Cadamatri as well has been doing fantastic since he's been called mm-hmm. up. And you think like, and I think that's his ethos. His ethos is to embed young local players, but also bring in some experience to try and get us up. And we've seen a positive turn in results. It's not perfect because our squad is, it was never perfect anyway, but like it's definitely Mm. improved. And the one thing you can see when we're improving, we're not, we're in games now. Apart from a couple of matches where we've been battered. Yeah. We're not, like before under Cisco, we were not, we were not keeping the ball. We were not having shots. We were not creating anything. It was just a case of, not doing anything for 90 minutes and hoping the other team doesn't score and when they do score we just don't do mm. anything whereas like under Danny Roll it seems like we picked up a bit more momentum and we're actually playing quite well and in some cases we're actually outplaying teams which is which wasn't happening previously I think one of the things is um, well we beat Millwall at the weekend I know they're in a bit of a slump, but that's got a result against Birmingham. Yeah, you got away, a away result against Millwall, Birmingham. Two 0 is good. Two 0 win against Birmingham. We're beating the teams around us. We beat Hull three one, and we battered Hull three one as well, which was quite impressive. And you know where they are; they're pushing into the playoffs as well. So those are massive turning results. So I'm more positive in that way. But I think the net for our season, we're currently still second from bottom, but we're we're picking up points. So I think we're what four points behind Millwall now who we beat at the weekend which yeah which isn't too bad we've started scoring goals Ashley Fletcher was sent off against Millwall so he's out now so we don't need to play him anymore Um, that's probably a good thing yeah which is a good thing and our next few games are Bristol City Rotherham Plymouth so I want to see it there is quite a few big games in the next couple of weeks where I hope us to pick a couple of points up and just close that gap on those ones above us. Um, mm. That Rotherham like, um, away I'm, is a big game. The Rotherham away. Yeah. They look quite dead. They've only won three. I mean, I'm saying this not a curse, yeah, but they've, they've won, I'm looking at the table and from from Swansea, who are in 18th, uh, down to you in 23rd, although there's a point swing to Swansea because they're what? They're... Um, seven points ahead from 18th to you Swansea have won nine games this season Stoke have won nine then Huddersfield has won seven but then you QPR and Sheffield have all won more games than Huddersfield mm. you've all won eight so it's like it's it's funny it's like deceiving because like you look at the table first thing and you just look at points but then you look at like the amount of wins and the goal swing it's 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 so tight. Like the whole league is so tight apart from first to second. Yeah. I'm thinking if we get positive results in the next three games, even if that's one win and a draw and a loss, maybe against Bristol city or whatever, then 
that's what four points. We're then level with Millwall if they keep their slump. So right back in amongst probably all the teams up to Plymouth, Birmingham, maybe. Like you're mm. only a few, you're only three or four points off being mid-table, which is wild. Like so, a big, big yeah. of games and a swing could get us back right into it and push us into that. It's still going to be a battle yeah. to the end of the season, but I mean, we played Southampton, we played Leicester, we 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 played all these like teams near the top. That's more than around you. Play, we have to play the teams that are floating around us, and we're beating them, and we're proven beating Millwall, beating Birmingham. If we beat Plymouth, we beat Rotherham. They're in around us. You can maybe write off the Bristol City game, but then like Bristol City are beatable, aren't they? They're, I know they're mid-table, but they they've started picking up points, haven't they? But like, yeah, yeah. Realistically, I think... you have to target games like Rotherham, like Plymouth, like any of those sort of games. You have to target and just try and get wins out of them, or points. Just points is fine. Yeah, and I, I do think like... some of the signings that have been made in the January transfer window have been decent. So we bought in um, the Canadian striker Ike Ugbo on loan. Mm-hmm. And he was at Cardiff on loan previously and hadn't scored in, what, 14 appearances or something like this, or scored three goal, two goals in 14. He's now scored in his, he scored three in his last three um, for us. Yeah. And he seems to be enjoying himself at Sheffield Wednesday. He seems to be quite quite clinical up front he's scoring quite a lot of goals and I think that was a good sign in as well as sort of someone that's what we needed as well we were missing a goal scorer. yeah you need I mean you need a striker like that yeah yeah like that who's scoring goals is um is actually quite good so I'm optimistic but yeah that's good you can't um you can't write off completely yet and I think the fact we're after our awful start to the season being probably the worst championship team in history um (laughs) And not only having one win by the end of November, <laughs> I think, yeah. I think um, the way it's turned around to still be in touching distance with the rest of the teams, I think is incredible. The fact that we had on literally on the board at the end of November, we had s- seven points. We're now on we're now on twenty nine, and within four points of safety. Like you can't say that's a massive turnaround. Yeah, huge turnaround. Well, um, it's t- it's a, it's like I say in in all areas. This, the, I'd say obviously Rotherham. You'd expect. I think we all predicted them to go down, and Liam Richards probably hasn't had the desired effect. But I think they're more preparing for League League One again because they haven't really recruited that much, and he signed Charlie Wake in January, and I think they're pretty much ready for. For, for next season to go again but it's so tough like it is really tough like I'm just looking at the teams in mid-table as well and you've got the likes of in the championship that is you've got I'm, I'm going to exclude Coventry because they're seventh or third playoffs you've got Norwich, Preston us, Watford, Bristol and Borough mm-hmm. and on another season they, they've been pretty much playoff contenders like Preston were a couple of seasons ago Norwich were Watford have pushed previously. It's just, it's just mad. And Barra obviously had a really good season and fell out in the playoffs last season. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. just such a tough, tough league. Well, Blackburn are down there this time, and they finished seventh last year. So you, you think like it is, it is wild, like how 
it can just flip flop. Like you, you could have a team that say, for instance, say Hull are doing really well this year. If they don't win the playoffs, they could be relegated next year. That is genuinely a possibility. Like, I, well, I think it's it's interesting that you mentioned Hull. Sorry, because the amount they have spent and there was a stat um, came out, and I'm I'm really bad. I'm going to have to get better at. They need to get promoted this season because I think their wage revenue is like 125%. Sorry, um, of their revenue streams, 125% of that is player wages. So they can't sustain that. And I don't know how they're getting away with that with FFP. But if they don't go up this season... What they've they've done is they've done a classic. um, We did it a couple of seasons ago before we got relegated to League One. Derby did it. Derby did it. Derby's as well. did it. So you, we, it's a gamble by the owners. You spend all this money to try and get into the Premier League. You get in the Premier League. The FFP is slightly less lenient in the Premier League. It's slightly more lenient in the Premier League than the Championship. You get all this cash, mm. which is an influx of income, which also balances, and then that balances the books. So it's a gamble. Like mm. essentially buying all these players, expect to get promote, get promoted. And you're good. Don't get promoted like we didn't. We lost in the playoff final and then the playoff semi-final two seasons later we're in League One, and we've had a six-point deduction for FFP failure, like <laughs> because uh, all that money was spent to gamble to get up to the Premier League didn't happen, and then you drop down. Like that happened. It's happened to us. It's happened to Derby. Arguably, it's happening to sort of things like wait, you could say Reading. Um, Wigan QPR in some sense as well. Like they've, mm. they've had a lot of spend, and then they're down there and they're struggling now, trying not to get an FFP deduction essentially by sacking off all their players and bringing in anyone. But like, yeah, it's um, it's a gamble from Hull. It's a gamble, massively. And you want to know how much they're paying on loan those loan fees to get like. Fabio Carvalho, things like that, and Zori. Signed Giles for a fortune, Carvalho, yeah, you're right. That's, they got it's... Tyler Morton from Liverpool as well. Scott Twine's on loan, like Liam Delaps in from Man City, Vinagre from Sporting in Portugal. Hmm. So these are huge like clubs they're getting loans off of, and they've signed a lot of players as well. You wonder how much money they're actually spending. Like they, I know they've got... they realistically I know they have... need to get promoted. Yeah, I know they have got like money behind it, but it's not the way it you works can't anymore, like. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have all the like Newcastle, for example. Like you, you can have all the money in literally the world, but if you can't balance your your bank balance, then you can't you can't reinvest. So, but it's just interesting. We'll 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 we'll, we'll see how the season pans out. But I, I'm pretty much thinking that from Sunderland's point of view. Tenths probably about right, yeah. and I, I'll take it at this point now, given the given the backdrop of our season. And you, I'm gonna, I was gonna say famously, like <laughs> you famously, uh, but you predicted and were hoping for a fourth off bottom finish, and I think that's probably you'd snap my hands off if I could offer you it now. Oh yeah, I'll take that. Twenty first, any day of the week, right now. 21st but we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes we're both though if we do go down i hope he doesn't sack danny roll danny roll gets to rebuild the team with younger players and how he likes it in league one and we just smash league one and come back up better prepared for the championship in two years 
I would I would prefer that. But knowing our chairman, <sighs> Danny Roll will get sacked if we got relegated. <laughs> we'll lose all our best players. And you know, you know, you know how it works. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think now, and I think in hindsight, I didn't realise. I mean, I knew Sunderland were in a bad state when we got relegated from the Championship into League One. Didn't realise how bad it would be, and then how competitive that league can be. Because it doesn't matter how good you are at football, teams can just shit house a win off you. Wickham so I would prefer you to be able to rebuild in the Championship, but comes to mind. we'll see what happens, Wickham. mate. The championship oh, is so competitive. Rebuilding in the championship, I don't think is a thing anymore. Like, <laughs> if you mm. start rebuilding, like you look at QPR, like they're trying to rebuild in the championship and they're just getting battered. <laughs> like, you, do you know what I mean? Like Huddersfield mm. trying to rebuild in the championship, they're struggling. Even arguably Swansea and Blackburn as well, but like, yeah, it's. Blackburner, I want to watch because I think they're in great grave danger. They're but I suppose the. But we'll see. But we'll take another quick short break, mate. And when we come yeah. back from the break, we'll do a bit of a preview into the games at the weekend. Yeah, sounds good. And we're back. Welcome back. Nice quick short break for for everyone there. So, yeah, we're going on to one of our regular segments that we're going to throw in, if you're new and everything. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do a little preview of games that are coming up this weekend. Um, any that might be towards the end of the week or whatever. Um, what our thoughts will be. Maybe throw in a few predictions. Not necessarily scores, but who we think will win. Some key matches that might be coming up as well. And just get our thoughts. So... Is there any that you want to sort of touch on straight off the back of it, Gary? Um, it's well. Let's be honest, right? Um, I'm domestic, right? I'm the domestic side of the podcast. Your rest of world, and well, basically anything outside of England, basically. Yeah. That so I'll take care of this side, then you can take care of the rest for the the further reach listeners that we've got. Yeah, but just just in general, like. I suppose it like because I'm so invested in the championship now. There's some, there's, I say there's some big games. It's just big games in terms of both ends of the table. So you've got Hull playing West Brom. It's the early kickoff. Excuse me. Yeah. So Hull's in good form. West Brom's in good form. And I just think again, it's one of those big championship games because they've got playoff hopes and. West Brom seem to be like flying again, and they're coming off the back of the new ownership announcement. And I, th- I think he was at the game where uh, during the week, or maybe at the weekend. Um, so that's like kind of being pushed through now. So they're kind of flying high and buoyed about uh, their situation. Which, to be fair, I, I, West Brom's a team I quite like. I like the stadium; it's like quite traditional. I like the kits. They've had some good players come Blue through. Strikes. They've always been quite a football. Uh, they've always been a footballing team. So. <laughs> and uh, but I mean, Jonathan Greenerman, that's the one. Jesus, but <laughs> I think with 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 them two, that should be a good game. But then equally, at the this one might be a one for you to be of interest. Is QPR playing Rotherham? 
So I know you've got them, as you were saying just before we went for a break, that you've got them coming around the corner, but that's a massive game. You've got to be hoping for a draw there. Yeah, but I mean, I'd say... I mean, realistically, I mean, I'm just having a look at the table now. Rotherham on 19 points. I would take a Rotherham win, maybe. That's true. There. They'll go on to 2022, but it keeps QPR in touching distance. Rotherham is still 22 points. They've got a game in hand, but they're still not going to catch us. If we mm. can get something at Bristol City, we're going to move arguably level with QPR then. So like, And then we've got to play Rotherham, and that could even push us out of the pl- the relegation places. So, yeah. I mean, a draw wouldn't, wouldn't be the end of the world either, though. Yeah, I mean... They have drawn their last yeah. few games... QPR, QPR actually got a bit of form going on. Don't they? Like, yeah, they yeah, they're the under the new gaffer, isn't it? But they're, they're like the two games that I'd really stand out because, I mean, obviously I'll be keeping a keen eye on Sunderland because we've got um, Swansea and hopefully we can get a win from that as well. But outside of that, I think like League One's starting to get a bit tasty as well now because you've got the teams in the top six, I'm just pulling it up now so I know which order they're in. So you've got Portsmouth who are pretty much like the Leicester, they're, they're flying, yeah. they're six points ahead of Derby. It's nice to see Derby in the automax as well, but then you've got Derby on 66, Bolton with a game in hand and they're on 64, Barnsley, Oxford and Peterborough. Stevenage, after a really, really good start this season, have started to, they've just slipped out of the playoffs, but then you've got Blackpool and for all, they don't seem, they're not in great form. They did beat Peterborough at the weekend and they've got Bolton so I think that'd be a good game so it's Bolton is it Blackpool at Bolton yeah, uh, Blackpool sorry it's Blackpool at all yeah playing Bolton and then the other one was Barnsley Derby that I would have thought of in that one yeah yeah so there's four of, well I say top top six but like of the teams that you'd expect to finish in the top six there there's four teams uh, playing each other so that should be good as well and then that, that they're the ones I'd really see standing out to me. The only other thing I would probably point out is Redden. Redden have had a bit of a resurgence. They've, they're, they're not turning over teams, but I think of the last six games, they've scored a goal in each, a single goal. So they've either drew 1-1 or 1-1-0. And it just seems to be enough. And I think for them, just to stay up the season, it'd be incredible considering where they were. Yeah, I mean, they're... They're 18th now, so they're, what, three points clear of Cheltenham. They've not lost in their last four. They're, they're looking, I mean, considering how dross a lot of those teams are down the bottom there, they're being an informed mm. side at this stage in the season, going into that final third, those last 13-odd games, that's actually quite good. Cheltenham do have two games in hand, though. Port Vale have three games in hand. Carlisle are all but Darren Moore's there now. Yeah, yeah Carlisle have finished. Um, Five-year deal. The, the only other thing is you've got Charlton, who have obviously been in free fall. And I, I've, I've been watching Charlton a little bit just because one of our former ownership, mm, one of the former teams, um, I mean, obviously you've got affiliations to Charlton, but the, um, the new ownership there, part of that is Charlie Metfin, who was at Sunderland, and he was a total... I mean, he got found out in the Netflix series, and he was a, he said a lot of untoward things about Sunderland and the region since he's left. He's yeah. very much a PR man, and uh, he's taken over there, and then it's just gone 
terribly, terribly wrong, which yeah. Sunderland fans did warn Charlton not to get excited by him because it'll just be stripping assets left, right, and centre. But then, weirdly, appointed Nathan Jones, which I think was a bit of a coup. I know he had a really rough time at Southampton, but you, I still rate him. I think. You look at some. I just want to touch on some of Charlton's players. Like I'm surprised where they are because, like, you look at they got Alfie May up front. Arguably one mm. of the top goal scorers from the league for Cheltenham last year. He's got six yeah, he this amazing. season. Like he's actually still firing, even though they're not doing very well. Um, they've got Labrador, is Labrador or Labrador from Rotherham? Yeah, he's been at Rotherham. They got uh, Tyreek Backinson on loan from us. Um, they've got even got Michael Hector at the back. He's a decent centre back for League One. Um, They've got arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the championship last year, mm. Harry Isted, as well, even though he's not yeah. playing. <laughs> but arguably yeah. he was one of the best goalkeepers in the championship in the League One last year at Barnsley. And you, you think mm. like their side should not be where it is, in my opinion. Should, nah. They're significantly underperforming. And then like you said, Nathan Jones in charge as well. I mean, he's only, in fairness, he has only taken over what maybe the past two games, three games. Yeah. He's, it will take some time, so but they've got they've got three three with Bolton. Hmm. That's what I was going to say. I think, and uh, yeah, sorry, and uh, the I think he will turn the ship around, and I, I I hope they do because, like again, Charlton's another team where they've just been so starved of happiness. Yeah. Like I kind of have sympathy for them, and that's coming from somebody who's come get lost in the playoff final twice, like twice to them. Um, so not really have too much of a soft spot, but like <laughs> at the same time, I just feel like I can sympathise with teams who are going through something that we've got shared trauma, bonded and trauma. So yeah, I hope I they do turn it around, but it's, it's, I'm conflicted because I just don't like Charlie Metfin. Yeah, and I think realistically, if you look, the the league one is very. <laughs> I mean, it's very close again. Very much like the championship is really close between those teams in the middle. Mm. There's not much in it. A win will put them like two two positive results and they're, what, 14th or something like this. So you, you have to think like it's not... But avoiding... Avoiding relegation. I was going to say, but... If, yeah. Avoiding relegation shouldn't be on Charlton's mind. Like, No. That should, should be nowhere near it. But they're the games that I was like kind of previewing and wanted to shout out some teams. But have you got any that you uh, wanted to call out? Yeah, there was a there was a couple that I was going to sort of um, touch on, like maybe further afield, shall we say? Um, <laughs> what a surprise! <laughs> well, that uh, you've touched on all the other ones. <laughs> I know. I'm <laughs> sure. To be fair, like. Uh, one I wanted to say, uh, Bayern Munich versus Leipzig. It's a huge game for Bayern Munich, that one. Um, considering that like, they're faltering in a little bit of form, um, Leverkusen are sort of running away with the league at this point. They beat them 3-0 the other week. Um, Bayern mm. really need to sort of get a positive result against Leipzig. Leipzig, on the other hand, they are, what, fifth? They've lost their last two games. Cause, so you can... Well, sorry, they've, they've won in the... One two out of their last three after losing that losing two. So Bayern have lost their last two. Leipzig aren't 
a pushover. You you think like Bayern, if Bayern wanted a positive result, they would want to play someone like Darmstadt, who were like bottom of the league, yeah. absolute dog shit, beat them eight nil. You know, get back to it. We could start chasing down Leverkusen, but having Leipzig off the back of two um, bad results or two losses, yeah, tough going. You think, yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not ideal, is it? Um. But yeah, if if they do lose to Leipzig, realistically Stuttgart could um, win this weekend. They're playing Cologne, and they could be one point behind Bayern Munich. <laughs> and that tells you how wild that is. But yeah, it is. I think with Bayern, I don't know. The, the, obviously, they got rid of what was their coach's name before? His name's escaped us. Before Tuchel. He's at the German national team now, isn't he? Um, I forgot his name. Um, look at us, football and podcast. What's his name? Uh, what's his name? But they got rid of him, and obviously because he was a bit outspoken. They've got Tuchel, and Tuchel's basically signed players from the Premier League in Harry Kane and Eric Dyer to make Harry Kane feel happier. He's got the best squad in the league, without doubt. Like He's got the lit on the bench mm. he's playing Eric Dyer in front of that's bizarre but then he's got obviously the best squad in the league hands down but I mean for some reason yeah, I, I mean obviously Leverkusen have been phenomenal but like but I don't I, just, I don't know if I rate Tuchel like I just well there's already talk Thomas Tuchel saying he just wants to leave already and he's down in tools but yeah, he's 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 had enough. Like he's he can't be asked. Um, so mm. he's just, you know, and there's a lot of pressure on Bayern Munich this weekend. I think if they get a negative result against Leipzig, could you see him being sacked potentially? Because maybe Leverkusen are playing Mainz on Friday night. If mm. Leverkusen beat Mainz, they go. 11 points ahead. If then Bayern lose or draw even with Leipzig, lose, let's say, to Leipzig, which is possible, like that is a possible result mm. to happen. It's not like they're playing someone's shit. Um, yeah. If they lose to Leipzig, then, yeah, is Tuchel's job up for... I mean, you have to remember, Bayern Munich have just won the title. They've trounced it. They've won it every fucking year, like, for the last, what, eight, is it? Like, you have, you have to think, like, yeah. if you're faltering and there's another team running away with the league, you have to at least put a title challenge in there. If they lose to yeah. Leipzig, Stuttgart beat Cologne, who are near the bottom, they're one point... They're in a second-place race then, not... And Leverkusen are just running away with it if they go eleven points ahead on Friday, as well. Yeah, it's, it's uh, is I think going to be sacked. But Nagelsmann is the name of the manager. Nagelsmann, that's it. I do, I do think there's a there's an element where he probably might get sacked. But the the only question I was going to come back to you with is now the announcement of Klopp being made. I mean, it was made well before this being recorded weeks and weeks ago now. But with him moving aside and opening an opportunity at Liverpool for Xavi Alonso, I buy in now thinking, hang on a minute, we could 
get rid of Tuchel and kind of make a play for Xavi Alonso now. I don't think I don't think Xavi Alonso would leave Leverkusen now. I think it probably is more favoured towards Liverpool. But I think Xavi Alonso want to see out a job. I I don't think if they sacked Tuchel now and then approach Xavi Alonso, why would he leave the team that's currently top of the league with zero losses to the team that's yeah. second and faltering a little bit? Yeah, by all means, maybe at the end of the season. Mm. But surely he thinks, no, I've got a job to do with Leverkusen. I just think that that's probably on the back of Bayern's mind. I definitely think Tuchel goes at the end of the season. Oh, yeah, he will. I think he'll He's walk. Gone. If he if he gets sees it to the end of the season, he'll walk. I don't think yeah. he'll sack him. I think he'll... It will say he's already sounds like he's down in tools anyway. So, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like he, I think he sort of did this when he was at Chelsea a little bit. Like he sort of got to the point where he was like fed up with the ball. He always seems to, up, yeah. He always with, seems like, to fall out with ownership. Falls out with everyone and then just sort of goes, "Oh fuck it, I'll just play the under twenty ones and like, um, I'll yeah. play um Eric Dyer in uh, as." goalkeeper or something and like no one cares like (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yeah, i do i do think um i do think tuchel's up for getting the sack if they do get beat off leipzig but i think the only thing that might be in the back of Bayern's mind is that liverpool's probably approach or will approach if they haven't already xavi alonso so if he does get beat is it worth sacking him and appointing the caretaker or do you just keep until the end of the season? They'll probably just keep him the end of the season. Depends how bad it gets. Yeah, it depends how bad it gets. Like like I said, like Stuttgart are breathing right behind them. So realistically, are they gonna sack And they're in mm. Stuttgart have won four on the bounce as well, so it's not like they're just casually strolling along. Dortmund are then nine points back, so realistically they're not really gonna drop to fourth. But they could they could drop to third if they if they keep losing or keep. It's shocking that for Bayern, especially Bayern. how much they've spent. Yeah, especially how much they've spent. Who they who they got in their team and their previous history. Like they won the league last year without even playing well. <laughs> Just because <laughs> Dortmund fucked it up massively. <laughs> yeah. On the last day, that's the reason they. Oh, didn't shocking. Like it's. So, yeah, to be faltering, I mean, you have to give it to Leverkusen, though. Like, they would be, if Leverkusen aren't having like the best season they've ever had in their entire history, then Bayern Munich would still be top. We have to remember that. Mm. <laughs> so, That's... yeah. They're having a little That's what the, you expect. season patch. If anyone plays FM, it's around this sort of time of the year where you lose a couple of games There's... to some dog shit teams and you're wondering what's going on. But... It's because there's been an update. That's why. Yeah, there's been there's an update, been an update and your tactics don't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know updated with Eric but I mean, outside the team. That's why. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Out, outside of the Bundesliga, is anything else to for the listeners? Yeah, I was. Um, I was just going to touch on the main couple of major leagues that are in there as well. So you're looking at. <laughs> I mean, there's not many standout games really in La Liga, and to be honest, are Real Madrid running away with it? Girona have lost their last two. They're starting to bit falter a little bit now. They're being caught by Barcelona. I think they'll probably end up in the Champions League place, but like, they're which playing, is amazing. They're playing Rayo Vallecano this weekend, Girona. So that's probably a 
a game to sort of get Rayo Vallecano haven't won in their last five. So Girona realistically can get some points back on the board there and get their momentum back in. Real Madrid are just running away with it at this point, though. They've only lost once this season. So, I mean, to be honest, that's a foregone conclusion. They're playing Sevilla, and Sevilla are having a terrible year. They're in 15th. So, they are fighting for their lives down the bottom there, by all means. But Almeria, who are bottom of La Liga, I think we should probably look at their game this weekend. And Almeria are playing Atletico Madrid at home. Almeria arguably could become the worst team in the top five leagues history if they fit at the, at this point in time. They are they played twenty five matches, won zero, drawn eight, oh. lost seventeen, and conceded fifty two goals. They only have eight points. Oh. They're playing Atletico Madrid at home. Probably another loss. That's, I mean, are they the th- are they worse? Than, there's there's talk of them being worse than that derby team that picked up eleven, but I can see like they've got they've got like fourteen games left or so, like thirteen games left. Realistically, they're going to get more than eleven points. So but it's not it's even worse. Like Granada are above them with fourteen. So like it seems like there's just a load of whipping boys in La Liga this year. But yeah. So I watched Atletico. I mean, over the weekend, I think they won 4 5 nil. Mm-hmm. But I watched Atletico play Sevilla, and Sevilla went 1 0 up after 15 minutes, and Atletico just did nothing. Just nothing. And I know Simeone is obviously a good manager. He's won, won leagues, and probably Atletico is one of the Atletico's best ever managers. Um, but I. T- it was just mad. Like it was like the ninetieth minute, and they were they were getting in behind Sevilla, who obviously are having a really bad season. And I watched them, and it was just like he was telling these players to calm down. And there was like five minutes left, and I was like, "You're getting beat off Sevilla. Like you're meant to be pushing for Champions League and stuff. Like what?" It was just bizarre. But obviously, the the week the weekend after they won five nil, so the probies will beat will beat them, but. Based off of the performance that I seen them against Sevilla, because they got beat off Bilbao the week before, then they got beat off Sevilla, but then Las Palmas they beat four, uh, five, and I just checked. I don't know if it was if I was basing it off what I watched when they played Sevilla, I wouldn't be surprised if they dropped points against them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I don't know. It depends if Almeria can score a goal. One of their losses in their last five was 3-2 against Real Madrid. So they've obviously got some fight in them. They're not getting like turned over. You know what I mean? And they've picked up two draws in their last two games. So That's what you need. You have to see where they were before that. 22 games, they were on six points. So, But not having a win all season is demoralising at this point. I know how demoralising it is after 14, let alone 24 matches. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Perspe- perspective, I suppose. Yeah, and then if we touch on the other two big leagues around Europe just quickly as well, while uh-huh. we're at it, um, Inter Milan running away with Syria. They're away at Lecce this weekend. Mm. Lecce are 13th. They've won one in the last five. Inter Milan have won five in the last five. They've only lost one this season. 
they're nine points ahead of Juventus with a game in hand. I think that's pretty much a foregone conclusion. So, Probably. <laughs> um, there's one big game in Syria this year. This year, this, this year, this, this, this weekend, uh, AC Milan are playing Atalanta. Uh, so that's third versus fourth. Atalanta have won their last five games. Milan lost their last game. They lost. They lost four two to Monza, which is quite the result. Atalanta have been just smashing teams 3-0-4-1-3-1-2-0-5-0 so that's their last five results they beat Lazio they've beaten um, Napoli who were down in ninth this year after winning the Scudetto last year but <laughs> uh, well, they've got rid of the manager and I think yeah. they've just sacked or sacking Matarazzi haven't they and I think yeah the, the title is a foregone conclusion I think with Inter Milan Juventus are in second. They're two points out of Milan. AC Milan, that is. And then Atalanta mm. have got that fourth Champions League spot level with Bologna. So mm. it's it's a bit open. It's a bit different for the league this year. But um, with Bologna up there especially, they've won four out of the last five. To, so, but it's quite close. We, we were saying the Championship and um, League One are quite close as well. I think like there's, what, eight points separating 11th to fourth in Syria. So I mean, you want, oh you want more competitive leagues though. You don't you don't want to just have do. like what it was when United were winning the league all the time and that you know when Liverpool did in the eighties and whatever. That you want it to be a bit more competitive but do, yeah. and I don't mind seeing teams like Juventus in that struggle. Oh, it, yeah, like I, I really enjoy it. You've had a, you've had you've had it so good for so long. Like United at the minute. Like seeing them struggle and like moan about oh this that and the other and oh we can't afford this blah 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 couldn't give a shit mate. Although honest, I, I do find it their, their struggles are put into perspective when you look at some of the teams lower down in the pyramid that are, can't even afford to pay any of their players and then they're like oh mm-hmm. it's the travesty it's the end of the world if we don't finish like third <laughs> it's just like mate <laughs> at least you have a club <laughs> I know at least you've got a club yeah, like your yeah. club has spent like nearly a billion pounds on in the past five years like grow ridiculous, up isn't it? grow yeah, up no sympathy um, no sympathy for them yes yeah, so that's Syria I mean there's not I'm not going into the French league mate what's the point what with Leon not being bottom anymore not bottom, I know they're 11th um, turned it around three games that's a very close as close league as well you think like with teams on you put a run of form together like Rennes have won their last five they're now 7th so, like, that's not too bad. But then Marseille are dropping like a stone. They're only eight points off the relegation places and they've lost two out of the last four. So that's that's interesting. I, I mean, mean in terms of big games this weekend, y- there aren't really... I mean, Lon versus Monaco, maybe. Um, PSG are at home to Rennes. Maybe that's an interesting one. Two teams in very good form. Um, well... Playing each other... Obviously, PSG are probably going to win, but like, well, as long as Will still keeps losing games at Remy's, um, <laughs> and his his release clause uh, falls through, uh, that that'll be good for us. But realistically, mate, when PSG are nearly fifteen points clear of Brest, Brest, I'll just yeah. say it again. Um, You're having a hell of a season. Like, give it to them. Like, <laughs> they are having a hell of a season, Brest. <laughs> but. 
Uh, I'm not. I'm not, not a massive fan of the French league, although there is some good talent in there. Yeah, but the French, there we are, mate. The French team I like, which we're going to touch on in our question at the end. My we are. French team I like is Auxerre, and they're not even in the top division. So, well, with that bombshell, mate, let's go for one last quick short break, and when we come back, you can pose that question to the audience. Indeed, and yourself. And we're back from our quick short break. The final break of the pod. The final break of the pod, yeah, indeed. So, our structure, we're doing a little bit of a... We're throwing out a question at the end now, so it's sort of like a little debate sort of thing that we can throw on like Twitter or whatever it's called now. And <laughs> or on social media and all this X. And then um, you can throw it at your X. And then... <laughs> and then <laughs> And then, yeah, we're going to have a little throw it back out at everyone else as well and see what their thoughts are. And to start so, with, mm-hmm. we've got a quite an interesting question. I'm just going to find it because I wrote it down Do it. somewhere. And Can't be that interesting then. Interesting, right? You know what it is. <laughs> you know what it is. And it's, it's that age-old debate now with a lot of these people sort of... Um, I know back in the day it was just no, the answer. But can you have a second club? And now there's a couple of arguments around this. Can you have a second club? Because people, these, I've seen these like people debate saying, oh yeah, everyone has a second club if you support someone like Leighton Orient. Of course you support another London team, which is absolute bollocks, really. No, you support Uh Leighton Orient. Like they're like, oh, you support a Premier League team. You have to have a Premier League team. That's no, you don't have to have a Premier League team. Like that, that isn't a rule. But then, in my mind, can you follow another club? Like check their results, want them to win. Like you were saying, you mm-hmm. had some soft spots for some teams. Mm. Are you a supporter or is it more of a follower? And where does that draw the line? But can you have a second team? Like I was saying. I like Auxerre from France. Mm-hmm. I follow their results and things like this. Does that mean I support Auxerre? No, I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan. But are they a French team that I follow? Is it acceptable to have a team from another country that you follow? So the so the uh, what so, what's, what's where do where do you draw a line? Is there even a line? Can you just do whatever the fuck you want? Like <laughs> like at mm. the end of the day, it's just there's no rules, are there? So. So the actual question being, can you you support two teams or more than one team? My answer is no. Straight up no. Straight up no. You cannot support two teams. And by by support, I'm I'm kind of making the definition that if a a team that you supported, so let's just say Sheffield Wednesday, Auxerre, wherever to meet, who do you want to win? You can't. But yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So that's the team I support. But then, like so, the the word support is ambiguous. <laughs> well, I'd say support and be a fan. But then, if that team is in another, say, in another country, or like you said, you like Toronto, 
Mm. I don't think Toronto and Sunderland are ever going to meet in a competitive environment. So, but realistically, just... could you support Toronto because you would like to see them win, but they're never going to play Sunderland? But you know, do you get what I mean there? Like... I do, I, 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 I do, but I just think you no. Know, I think your, your allegiance is always going to be dominated by one club, which oh, would yeah, mean, yeah. No, I get which that. would mean, which would mean, like... you can't support another club, but you can be an affiliate to another club. So, for example, Feyenoord, I would say, is probably my second team. I think yeah, it's so referred can to. You, can you have a second? Have a second team? <laughs> no, <laughs> because I. I I don't think you can have the same level of support for more than one club. I just don't think you can. I just don't. I think you can like football, but you can't. You, in my eyes, you can only support one club. You can look for other results. You can maybe have a couple of shirts, but your allegiance and your your football club, you can only have one. Yeah, and I think. I do agree with you in the sense, to be honest, mate. I was just throwing out some questions and throwing out some counter arguments, but like, uh-huh. yeah, like you have to think of the mind fuck trying to support more than one team as well. Like the amount of emotions you go through with one team and just trying to keep up with one team. Imagine trying to support multiple teams. That would be so fucking draining. Like, you imagine like oh, we have to know the entire squad of like eight different teams. When they meet each other, you're like an absolute mess because you don't know what you want to win. Like it's, but I I get that you can follow. In my mind, you can follow teams from like maybe other countries, or if you even mm-hmm. want to follow a team, or you have a soft spot, like let's call it for other teams, that's fine. But realistically, you support one club, and that's the club that you care about the most. And I think that's probably the the way we're sort of saying it. Yeah, I think as well, like, I think I I will caveat it as well and think that the teams that I always seem to have a bit of an affiliation to or check the results are normally not successful as well. So being a Sunderland fan, not like you can call us a glory supporter by any means. And then outside of the teams where I would say that I am, and it mainly comes from football manager saves, let's be honest, but Feyenoord until the last season hadn't won the title in God knows how many years and were in financial disarray until Arn Slot pulled it out the bag and still competing this season, but looks like Eindhoven's going to beat them to it. I always, and, I always laugh at Arn Slot just a, just a sec. So I, it sounds like a northern like penny slots like play. Arn Slot. Is that, is that, are we going down our slots? <laughs> I got Arn, Arn Slot. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you look at Palmer, Palmer until this season, obviously the top and look like they're going to win the league. Uh, it's not written, it's not a given yet. They can still fall off, but Palmer have been in financial disarray for years and fell out the leagues and fell out of Serie A again and have been in Serie B for a while now. And they're another team. And then I would say outside of that, like Toronto, it's just because of family affiliations and stuff. Toronto, although they have been successful in the MLS, and we 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 talked about them being arguably one of the most successful teams because of the, the winning the league and the uh, what was it called the the MLS Cup. Then they got to the MLS with the Concacaf Champions League. Yeah, the Concacaf. Yeah. So there's an argument that they're the most successful 
MLS team ever. But in reality, if you look at them now, they've been bottom of the MLS for like the past two, three seasons. So it's so maybe that's why my kind of thing is skewed because there's not a lot of success in the teams I follow. <laughs> yeah, and I think like with with me, mine. I don't know. Like it's it's interesting though, isn't it? Like two of those teams that you follow are red. <laughs> I'm, I'm just putting this. I'm just putting this together because like. Obviously, three? one of the teams I follow, yeah, three, um, and then yeah, three of them are, and then out of my I support Sheffield Wednesday, obviously, but then the two of the teams I actually follow are, um, Hoffenheim in Germany, and Auxerre in France. Both um, <laughs> is, yeah. is that something like? Is that a subconscious thing? Do you think? <laughs> like, I, well, I yeah. don't know. The only other team I follow, they not they don't exist anymore. Is Kievo Verona. Who, from Italy, they unfortunately, due to financial difficulties, no longer exist. Um, but they're yellow, the same as your Italian team, yellow and blue. Yeah, well, Palmer's white, though, isn't it? Well, really, they're awake, it's yellow, but yeah, they got yellow. Yeah, back there for yeah, that's true. But I think so. We'll pause that question to the listeners as we come to the end of the episode now, Matt. Yeah, so tell us what you think comment on twitter or any social media platform where you can find us because the handles now i don't know matt where am i pointing they're down here look at this down there so please feel free to answer we'll put it out on x and uh let us know if you feel that you can support and have a second team but it's a big fat no from me big fat no <laughs> big fat no from gary and then it's sort of a no, in terms of supporting, but following, yes. You're just, you're just, you're on the fence. You're a yes. Let's just, let be honest. Be honest with the listeners. It's season two. You can't support two teams. All right, you're not on the fence. You agree with us. <laughs> I'm just saying you can follow and have a soft spot for other teams if you want to. <sighs> not for me. Southern until I die, innit? Have to. Speaking of which, on season three yeah. on Netflix right now here we are though Matt end of episode one from season two thank you so much everybody for listening and putting up with us again and we'll continue our regular programme as we will release an episode every week again it will be finally released, um, yeah every week now so I think our release schedule is going to Fridays uh, let us know your thoughts on our new setup as well with my production production. production look at this and graphics and all that <laughs> jazz um but yeah thanks for thanks for listening everyone and uh, we'll see you next time bye bye bye